Craig Wah and Dan Beeston were smart enough to know better. Welcome to episode 72 of Smart Enough to Know Better. As a podcast of science, comedy and ignorance. I'm Dan Beeston. And I am Greg Wah. And I seem to be talking in a monotone. I'm not too sure why. Oh, two tones. Dual tone. Duo tone. I will have two tones today. You need a reboot. I need a reboot. He needs a reboot. What have you been up to this week in science? Wales! Whoa! Wales! You went to Wales? No, no, Wales came to me. You've been whaling. I've been whaling. No, Wales came to me. I went on a boat out into into Moreton Bay and went to the Whale Highway, about 14 nautical miles off the coast of Malulaba. And the whales were out there in force. Charging, going, we need to, well, they've had babies, get to the warm waters, get to the warm waters of Harvey Bay. And then they, they really, and it was good, I had a lot of fun. And I jumped, I got in a wetsuit, and I put it on backwards, and everyone went, huh, you put your wetsuit on backwards. I went, I've never worn a wetsuit in my life. And they went, oh, don't worry, everyone does that. Did you and put the zip down the front? Yes, because that's where the zip should go. Yeah, so, so you, you can pee. So you can also, so you can access and get out of the damn thing. When they, oh, you so you people doing it all wrong, wetsuit people. And I did it right, and they didn't, they were very nice to me, they didn't, the company didn't laugh at me but they went don't worry everyone gets that wrong and guess how many people else got it wrong zero zero except for me i was the only one yeah so. did you make a big kerfuffle and everyone went i'm not making that mistake no no no, no. i came out last because i was last person to get changed and then i hadn't just hadn't watched people no we were all getting changed at the same time and and i walked out and then and then i pretty much got i just went screw you guys i'm just because i got changed in a in a room and mm. in, in a toilet area and then i came on the boat and then i went oh, i'm just getting naked here and i just whipped it off and had my underwear on and everyone just kind of looked nonplussed there you go. I was, I was That's happy. a shame. Yeah. All that working out for nothing. I don't know. Bastards, bastards. No, everyone was much more beautiful. There was a film crew there that, that was like some sort of TV show. and They had like a beautiful woman going, hello, I'm a beautiful woman and I'm on TV. And so everyone was looking at her. They weren't looking at me. Oh, well, I bet the whales were pretty impressed well, though. That's the joke I made. I went, I now actually look like one of you because I was in a grey suit and everyone went, don't put yourself down, Greg. And I went, oh, oh God. That's, that's, I was making a joke. It was a joke. Yeah, it was a joke. It was a great thing. I don't you think you look think, great. I don't think I look like a whale. No. I think, I'm not barnacle on my no, end bits. You're not a fish. I'm not a... No. <sighs> Dan has to ruin everything, doesn't he? We are doing a special walk of shame. We are doing a special walk of shame. It's really important that we do this one yes. early in the podcast. Thank you. It's a walk of shame for me, yep. by me. Yep. I did it first. Yep. I actually got it wrong first. And then other people, lots of people, lots of lots people. Lots of people. I've had emails and I've had tweet messages and I've had smoke signals in the sky and a man just came and punched me in the face and my mother yelled at me and everyone told me I was wrong. And don't worry, I was wrong first. It's okay it's an important one we don't normally do walk of shames in interview uh, ones but it's this important one that's because last time i said something very silly what i said was it was made on aspirin mm. and that's wrong that's wrong that's really wrong yes crazy wrong many people got in contact good 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 yep st john's wort widely used as a herbal treatment for depression but you shouldn't substitute st john's wort with aspirin because you'll still have a headache but you'll feel better about having a headache. <laughs> Look, I just want to just just get it out of the way before people kind of go. What was he talking about? Why I wouldn't normally worry about this, and I, it wouldn't. You know, hey, we, just, we we do walks of shame, and we would fix it 
in the next walk of shame. But A, we're going away, so we won't be around for for a while. And B, this could actually be dangerous. And, I, and yeah. it's the first time ever I've said something that could actively be dangerous. I've <laughs> Not said, me. I've said wrong things and silly things, but never things that would actually hurt someone. Yeah. It, there's, uh, this is from the Australian Government Department of Health and Therapeutic Goods Administration. There, there's strong evidence to suggest that St. John's wort can significantly reduce the plasma concentrations of the following medicines, indinavir and cyclosporin. So if you're taking these sort of things and then you take St. John's wort, you actually could be reducing the ability to clot your blood. Oh, no, but you want your blood to clot. Yes, you really do. And there's also reasonable grounds for concern that St. John's wort may reduce the efficacy of the following medicines, uh, warfarin, digoxin, theothylin, other HIV protease inhibitors, anticonvulsants as well, phenobarbaritone, and even uh, oral contraceptives such as the pill uh, may be affected by the oh. induction of St. John's wort. So there could be a lot of new listeners in nine months' time. <laughs> Look, I screwed up. I screwed up big time, and that yeah. was really dangerous. The government's not saying it will definitely. They're just saying, look, St. John's wort has, could have some connection to these things. Let's not mess around with it. What I should have said, the mistake I made was it's ba- aspirin was based on willow. I don't know where I got ah. St. John's wort from. And, and I looked it up. I even checked that properly. Willow is what people used to do. It has um, it's ciliates. So you don't want to take willow if you have a, if you have a problem with ciliates. All oh, right. So, but still, the point still stands. Is it still okay to have mandrake root? Uh, <laughs> the point still stands that uh, aspirin was based on an, an original plant. Yeah. But I got the wrong plant. Yeah. And, uh, so, sorry. A, so, if you hear Gregoire say that you, should, that you could chew on a plant yes. to get a particular result... Yes. Double check that. Double check it. Greg is not a. Uh, I am not an a arborist. I am not. A, I am not a doctor. Oh not, no, I'm not, not a doctor. Not an arboretum. I'm not arbor. <laughs> a, a, arborist. Ar- I'm arborist? not a plant guy. No. no. I. I I'd heard He's not a doctor, not a tree doctor, <laughs> or any of these sort of things. And so, please don't take St John's Wort thinking it will be pain relief. It probably will not. And don't take Willow either, because no, just no, don't no. listen to Greg for medical advice. Because right. well, you, if you choose salis- um, the Willow, it's salicylates. And if you have a problem with salicylates, which people do, I know someone who would die if they take salicylates, and then they, they, their throat would shut down. So don't do that either. Take an aspirin. This is why we take aspirin. Yeah. So you don't die yeah. from eating Willow. Yeah. Or St. John's Walk, some idiot. Not too much aspirin. Not too much aspirin? No, just the recommended dose. Blood, actually, which is interesting. People with heart attacks yep. take aspirin in the morning. Older people get told to take aspirin. Which yeah. Is, I'm not, maybe, maybe I'm wrong maybe. here too. Oh God, oh God, oh God, oh God. I heard that was St. John's Walk. No, it wasn't. <laughs> but it's still okay to look at the, directly at the sun if you're squint. Oh, that's, <laughs> that's fine. You can do that. Don't, don't say these things. Now, uh, enough of us. We have interviewed someone exciting. We have. Who have we interviewed, Gregoire? We have interviewed Dr. Robert Raven. He is... A nice bit of alliteration. Yeah, it? it's fantastic. He was a lot of fun, and he works at the Museum of Queensland. Ooh, Queensland Museum. Queensland Museum. Yeah, Queensland Museum. And he was a bit of a dude, and he was a spider expert. A spider expert. A spider expert. And it was terrifying and exciting at the same time. It was like kissing someone for the first time. But if they yeah, had- we're not allowed back at the museum. <laughs> spider interview, spider interview, does whatever a spider interview can. Does it swing in a web? Yes, it does. If by web you mean an interesting mesh of conversation, look out, here comes a spider interview. 
Welcome to the interview portion of the podcast, Dr. Robert Raven. Happy to be here. Thank you. Now, you are an expert on something that everybody loves. Everyone in the whole wide <laughs> world is desperately in love with what you study. Really? I think most of the world hates what I study. What? I think it's a really dangerous group of animals. But that's a, a must be. What, what, well, what animals do you, uh, do you work with? I work on spiders. <laughs> and most people don't realise that there's a spider around within about 10 feet of them. Even in an office, there's spiders around the office. We call them the office spider. Okay, I want, the, I want our audience right now just to stop listening to the podcast for a moment and look around where you are <laughs> right now and work out where that spider probably is. Where, where mainly do they, do they hide? What's well, they'll the... usually be on the walls. There's a cricket over there on the wall over there. Oh. I wonder where, how he escaped. But anyway, yes, they're usually, there's some little ones usually on walls and little webs on the walls, but there's a little jumping spider that hangs around a lot of offices. And in one case, we actually had some, some brown widows that were actually building on the desk, showing how much work was going on on the desk. So it's a relative of the redback. Now, where, before, now is, is, your, is your information, your statistics about this a little bit off due to the fact that you've intentionally filled your office with live spiders? <laughs> The statistics. Like no, the no, statistics. No, 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 I know that. Wherever I am, whenever I say there's no... What am I doing here standing fishing? Mm. There's, there's nothing going on. I'm not fishing. The line's to my left, not in front of me. Mm. And I look down and there's a spider washes over in the surf. Just watching you. Yes, yes it's always there. It's they're always, always there in one form or another. And, and often they're drifting through the air. <laughs> Okay, that freaks me out slightly. Oh, now, no, that's all right. They're just drifting. They're not intentionally flapping through the hunting, air. They're not hunting, hunting for you. I just like, for our listeners, as we walked in to, to interview Dr. Raven, he pointed out that sitting in a sink covered in a black coat, no more than two metres than we are right now, how many large spiders? About 60 large spiders. And when you say large, what's your definition of large? Oh, we're getting around about the span of your hand. <laughs> Yeah. And then look, look, look at the black coat and divide it by 60, and that's how big every spider is. And when he told us this, I went, wait, they're not in a box, they're just under a big fur coat. No, they're in boxes. Oh, thank goodness. Right. Yes, it's a very hostile environment, air, air conditioned and so forth. Oh, These spiders okay. come from the top. Host- it's so. a hostile condition outside of the spider-filled boxes. <laughs> that's right, very much so. <laughs> right. We're in a rare area that's not far from naphthalene, which keeps the mm. insects down, so that will certainly upset the spiders. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, right. yeah. yeah. So. So Although get, they're not insects. No. Well, they're, they're invertebrates that will be affected by naphthalene. Right. So they really get very upset if we move them across the hall into the other room because there's see. quite a smell of naphthalene. You may, may have noticed it mm. when you came in. Yes, it's quite but strong. we're quite happy and safe here, and they seem to be very happy in my office, though it's a little bit annoying sometimes when I have to concentrate and there's hundreds of crickets going off. And, <laughs> and hopefully... I know they're waiting for the spiders to be let loose on them. <laughs> <laughs> if, we, if we just go quiet for a moment... Hopefully the listeners can hear that through the microphone. That's the sound of many crickets who are about to become lunch, I do believe. Indeed. For the 60 large, hand-sized spiders. (laughs) I am creeped out, but let's move on. And yet, uh, having cricket noises in our podcast is not unknown to us due to the terrible (laughs) jokes that are sometimes made. wait Wait for the applause. Oh, it's terrible. Anyway, uh, even do- the crickets went quiet. <laughs> Dr. Raven, spiders. I mean, people are normally pretty terrified about spiders. I mean, everyone, I don't count myself as a person who's actually quite scared of them, but even I, you see one suddenly scuttle into view and it, it takes you aback, much more than for me a, a reptile would. Indeed, or, yes. Uh, and- I think part of the prom- problem with that is that a lot of the things that we see are like huntsmen, big spiders. Mm. These spiders have got the ability to move forward, backwards and sideways. Mm. And our eyes focus on a point which we think the spiders are going to run to. There's fear. It's going to run that way and it doesn't run that way. It runs in a different direction and generates an out-of-focus blur. 
Now, you generate the same effect when you sit too close to the theatre during the ads as they, as they start up the, clip, the quick clips. And that effect is the same effect that we generate when we fall down a cliff. We cannot focus. <laughs> right, And okay. that generates a fear feeling immediately in oh, the gut. Oh, wow. So, and spiders are tripping on that one. So they're... And that, so they're oh, I mm. see. They're scuttlers. They're, yeah, they can just go at any point. They go right off your face, straight away. We like things that gallop. Yes, in one direction. We're a little bit anxious about things that swim, but scuttling... Yeah, no, that's, that's all wrong. Knowing which way they go is part of the secret. And as you say, with galloping, they're going forwards, but spiders can go sideways. Any sort of Okay, so how many spider types are there in the world? I think we're on about 44,000 and climbing. It's going up about oh. 500 a year. Oh, goodness. So that's uh, more species are being described. And I thought when I saw this figure, I just looked at it and thought, is this just happening in South America, Australia and Africa? Mm. No, it's happening in other countries, but... There's a bit of redundancy going on mm. because people aren't checking what's already named a lot of the times. Mm. But it really puts a, a new light on things when you see in the last 10 years, mm. 5,000 new species have been described that, and named. So That's amazing. So is that how, has our tech of finding spiders developed or why is there suddenly an influx? It's because we're getting people who know how to do the things. It's There's a sort of a lead time that builds up. You, once you get to understand the group, what's the song that the group talks, mm. it's each group of spiders has a different song, it, What it is different in it. Mm. Then once you get that song, you can just go pop, pop, pop and describe a whole lot of species. What type of song does a spider sing? Well, some of them sing a song like a cricket. Some of the ones that these guys are being fed to actually make a sort of a <laughs> sound. Some oh. of them make a castanet-like sound. Uh, and these are audible to humans? Well, the singing songs, yeah, the two, oh, the two, wow. two sounds. Yeah, oh, so wow. they're quite amazing. So one day, if, if evolution's any, one day we're just going to hear a, hey, Greg, come in the dark room. Hey, Greg, come in the dark room. Hey, what's that guy? <laughs> ah! Hey, Greg, I've got this magazine all about space. <laughs> That's right. Doctor Who's in the room. <laughs> <laughs> Suddenly eaten by spiders. So I, I, didn't, I had no idea. I, that's the new thing. So that they, when you said song, you literally mean they, they sing. Well, they, some of them do have a song, and wow. some of them have little grating devices on them that they re- report to each other and inf- inform each wow. other. But most of it happens by smell. There's a, a sort of a pheromone that they give off, and that's their means of attracting one another to each other. Are they a social species? Not normally. Mm. Are, the social ones are really... That maybe a dozen or so species in mm. the world, because okay. mostly they tend to eat each other. And one of the classic <laughs> right. ones is like the wolf spider. You know, mm. when the mother wolf spider, she's carrying this egg sack around for about two weeks or so, mm. the babies come out and sit on her back in multi-layers, clinging to each other Aww. for about seven or eight days. And after that, they leave the mother. And mm. the instant they leave the mother, they are food for each other and the mother. Oh. So they run like all hell. Yes. Oh, know. wow. <laughs> so, it's, so we're gone. Yeah. So, Hi, Mom. Is it they leave the mother and the mother goes, now I want to eat them? Or does the mother go, I want to eat them? And they go, oh, run. She's starting to <laughs> beat, eat it, beating us like popcorn. <laughs> It may be that too. She makes it. I've had enough of this. Yeah. It's a massive hairdo she's carrying on the, on the ah, back of right. it. And she's spiders are over her eyes, are over her face, over her, ear, you oh, know, wow. over her legs, everything. Yes. They're all clinging to each other and her. And then all of a sudden they abandon. She just eat. You just imagine that moment where she just casually reaches down and eats the one off her, off her claws, and all the other babies are like, "Uh oh, things just changed. <laughs> the dynamic changed." We keep talking about spiders as if it's one thing. That's that's my problem. I think it's like saying mammals. I mean, there are lots of different sorts of mammals, from everything from humans to chihuahuas to you know to, to elephants. They're all mammals. They're all really different. So spiders are the same, aren't they? They're 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 ridiculously different to each other. Absolutely crazy. I mean, mm. some of the tiny ones have absolutely huge heads on them. They're mm. really tiny and they I call them pelican spiders because they've got these incredibly long beaks, what? kind of thing, these glycery that out the front, mm. and they actually
literally play with their prey. They impale them at a distance and play with them. Oh, wow. You know, some spiders hunt other spiders on their webs. Right. And they've got incredibly good vision. Hmm. Some of them just slink through the ground and slip into cracks in the ground when it gets really dry and hide away. Yes. So there are many different kinds. And the same hmm. is true of huntsmen. You know, people say they've got this huntsman in the room and they describe it to me and I said, yes, that's, that's a huntsman. And they said, no, it's not. And they have a picture of a huntsman as a species, hmm. a hmm. kind, where it's five or six hundred species in Australia. Oh, wow. That, wow, so, okay. Yeah. Are they right. particularly different from each other? They are once you recognise the significance of the difference. It's mm. like us and different kinds of races and so on. Mm. Once we get our eye mm. in for the, the thing that's changing in the race, then we can pick the different people in the do, race. Do they mostly act to the same, though? Like I, 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 no, I understood they, that they huntsmen's you're, are just one around the house and you're like, yep, that's cool, you can just eat the cockroaches. No, but that, I mean, the, the classic one is the reinflecting where we were hmm. is the arachnophobia thing. You know, yes. that's an Australian huntsman that stars in that. <laughs> and the, and the, you'll notice the big problem with that film was that they had to have lots of spiders together. Mm. So that was a social one. Right. One of the very oh. few social species. And in fact, in that case, it wasn't actually a source from Australia. These guys have escaped to New Zealand along with the possums and all the other things that the Kiwis ate. Right. <laughs> and, and of course, then they can export them from New Zealand and then they use them and they stay together um, right. in big numbers. So, yeah. So, so when you, different oh, behaviours. When you oh. watched Arachnophobia, you would have sat there and watched it in a very different way that most other I people would I was totally have. freaked out, you especially at the end. I mean, I am naturally <laughs> arachnophobic. That's okay. why I studied the spiders hey, at the wh- beginning. Wait, what? Hang on. <laughs> that doesn't, hang on. So, so you're arachnophobic, and and you decided, I know what I'll do. I'll study spiders. Well, I I was working with some guys who were bird watchers, and I couldn't mm. identify a bird sound if it, you know, bird hit me in the eye with it, and it was just <laughs> impossible. And I, then they got onto snakes and lizards, and I, no, no, no. So I had to think about what I was going to work on, mm. and I sat down. and I thought, all right, I'm absolutely dead scared of a sp- particular kind of spider that mm. gets on my would get on my arm. Yes, and it's not particularly dangerous. People have been bitten by it, but it was just that consciousness, and I realised that it was given to me by my father, who was a mining engineer. He'd walk into um, disused mine shafts with flaming newspapers and burning the redbacks and the daddy longlegs <laughs> and so forth, and they'd fall in his back. And you tell the child the right oh. age that, and it locks. So that was my my beginning, and I realised that oh. I have a conscious shield that operates, and mm. when I'm tired or sick, I can't operate the shield, and so mm. I just can't collect spiders. Mm. The huntsmen, you know, they, they are probably one of the most harmless spiders in Australia, but mm. probably responsible for more deaths than any other spider. How? How? Get one of these in the car at 100, and it's running sideways across your inside of the windscreen. <laughs> what are you going to do? <laughs> you know, <laughs> calm down. Calm down. And then when it takes control of the vehicle, it can't it steer at all. Right. We can. These can't also brake and, and accelerate. Right. That's why they hate the social. They can all work at the same time. You see. Oh, my goodness. I actually have, I can tell you a story where that actually happened to me in my family car. Many, many years ago, I was a small child, three children in the back, two parents at the front, driving somewhere near Prospine in northern Queensland, and suddenly a scuttly shape appears on the windscreen while we're driving at 80 k's an hour, and all the three kids just went berserk, of course. <laughs> uh, and, and my father was telling us, shut up, shut up, we don't know if it's inside or outside. We didn't, because it couldn't, because it was dark, it was dusk, it was just a black shape, and it was just sitting there kind of quivering. And then it turned out, we, he pulled over, and we all jumped out, so we didn't crash. But but in the, it turned out to be inside. <laughs> yes, of course. It wouldn't be outside because there's too much wind out there. And the reason it's inside is because there is wind out there. They're very wind-sensitive, these right. things. So they, whenever right. it's high wind or rain, they'll come inside the house or inside the car. Right. Oh. But, yeah, there are spiders on the microphone. That's right. There are, there are tiny spiders, spiders crawling up a yeah, thread. You get loose. Sorry about that. Oh, right. Oh, yes. <laughs> <They're> making... <laughs> All right, this is pretty good. This is one of... tiny, teeny, tiny, like grain of sugar sized spiders. Yes, they're going to grow into something bigger than my face, so they've got a lot of work to go. I look, I look forward to taking them home with me with the equipment. <laughs>
<laughs> That'd be fun. Oh, I feel itchy all of a sudden. <laughs> now, okay, let's get back. How long have spiders been on planet Earth? Longer than humans? Oh, yes, much, much longer, yeah. Would At dinosaurs least... and spiders fought each other? They, they would have been walking into spiders' webs a few right. times. Probably not taking much notice of them, no. I'm sure. Oh, poor T-Rex, when he walks into a spider's <laughs> web, he's like, I can't get it off, I can't get it off! <laughs> well, that would be part of the issue, yeah. It would, you know, there'd be lots of insects and stuff stuck on the eyes. I mean, we go out and stand on some of the towers around the place in mm. certain times of the year, your whole face will get covered with spider webs. And oh. these are baby spiders drifting oh. around trying to find a place to go. That's, isn't that, there is nothing, where, I hate to say it, but I like to go do jogging in the evening and you go out for a jog and you run under a tree and suddenly... Boom. And it's dark, and you—it's not the spider web. It's the idea of is the spider sitting trapped against your face in the web, going, "I better bite my way to freedom. I better burrow through this mammal and get out his brain." And you're like, "Oh, get it off!" Oh, then you, every time you feel something, oh, it's terrible. Well, that's the thing—is that anything from the head, from the neck up, is a good spot to get bitten if you want something serious to happen. So again, same thing with the spider in the car. Calm down, back off. Yes. Don't grab the spider. Don't flick or anything. Yes. Like that because the web is often taffy it sticks mm. to whatever you touch with so yes. one hand to the other and so on you don't get you touch it you get more contact so if you can reverse the path but you've just run in yes you reverse the path and back out of the web the spider will run away usually right. but if you try and grab the spider mm. then you'll get this problem of the spider biting you on and it's as i said on the head it's not a good place to get bit all right we've learned something we can't put a tourniquet on well, <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> Well, you can for about six minutes, and then and then it'll just stop. Put a straw through the front. You should be all right, wouldn't it? None of the problems cut out the blood loss. So, no. Oh yeah, no. Okay. Oh, so what's the one which with, that you're supposed to use with the Australian snakes? Because you're not supposed to just cut the blood supply off, because your arm will fall off. That's right. It's so a you crepe bandage. Yeah, it's a, a crepe bandage, a and it's a red bandage. back. A crepe. The red back you don't crepe. do that to. The funnel web you do it to. Oh. So the idea is to try and not stop the movement of the venom. Yep. And I've always been told that you said, it's about sit down, calm down, try not to freak out that you've just been bitten by This a... is really easy to do, I can tell you. It's just not possible. <laughs> I've had Have spiders on bitten? me. I've had big spiders. Yes, I've been bitten lots yeah. of times. Oh, okay. But I've been in the situation where I'm currently out there at night with a mm. jar in my hand, collecting spiders with this big jar about an inch and a half wide open. <laughs> and the next minute I feel something wet on my hand. And I know I've collected funnel webs and trapdoors and mm. other spiders. And I tell you... I'm an arachnologist. I'm out there collecting these things, and there is absolutely no reason going on here. This is mm. total reaction. Mm. I drop that bottle, and I fling that spider to kingdom come. <laughs> <laughs> Even today. There's so, a third one. There's a third one. <laughs> they're, making, they're moving in. They're, moving in. They're, they're, they're reacting to the vibration. Oh, of course. Oh, oh. We're generating a vibration with this map. We'll, um, we'll get back to that very soon. So, so they've been around for hundreds of millions of years then, spite in one Absolutely, form or another. Yep, yep. Okay, so they're quite an old animal then, as in a species. They probably started when plants got flowers and then started getting right. aerial things and started building webs and they became more common then. At that, that point, okay, we are talking a long, long, long time ago. And so some, this is the thing, some spiders are poisonous. Venomous. venomous. Venomous, thank you. Sorry, yes, venomous. Are there any poisonous spiders? Are there any spiders you shouldn't eat? Well, some of them. These two probably here aren't too bad, but, you know... <laughs> Most of them shouldn't be eaten. No, Don't eat them. I uh, I went mm, to. They're all right. Yeah, <laughs> mm. I went to uh, Cambodia, and uh, I'm a vegetarian, so I couldn't. But I made my partner <laughs> eat them because I was like, "Do you want to eat some tarantula?" But I can't eat the tarantula. I'm a vegetarian. But you should eat tarantula. She ate the the leg, and she went, "Oh, the leg's really nice. Like, it's crunchy and lovely." And then she ate the abdomen, and it was gooey. And she went, "Oh, it's gooey." It wasn't very nice at that's all. Right, that's the guts and the abdomen. Yeah, yeah that's the right. guts and the lungs. Yeah, <laughs> no, not a nice thing. And the other thing, you know, people see a huntsman around, they take a rolled out newspaper and 
and whack it. Well, that's just the wrong thing to do with a spider because right. that abdomen is soft and squishy. Mm. And one man actually had the guts explode in his eye and he was blind for a couple of days. Oh, know? my goodness. So it's really good stuff in there. Don't go mucking around with spiders of that size. No, 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 I won't. Now, I just have to, I want to bring attention. The, the listeners can't see this. You have a picture on your wall of a spider. looks like it's dragging a frog to its demise. It's a huntsman spider, too. It's and that's not a that de- big a frog, unfortunately, but it is interesting to see a huntsman actually doing that. It's a frog that lives on walls, and right. the spider, of course, lives on walls, but it is amazing to see that these guys are doing that. And we're really excited about the number of animal spiders that can actually take on a vertebrate, an animal mm. with a backbone. For example, you know, we now know that the tarantulas will take out cane toads. But also, cane toads. We should just get a whole bunch of them in. in, in well, we've got lots of them out there. They're oh, out good. there in the wild. Oh, really? We've just got to take a little bit more care of them. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, so, we just release, so we should breed up lots of tarantulas and release them to northern Queensland. Well, it's not just tarantulas. It's wolf spiders. and now we, so That's why it's exciting to see the huntsman got one too. <laughs> it's not a cane toad, but you know, it is the sort of thing. That, cane toads so, are but, big. They're big animals. Not well, they can be small. So, oh, yeah, they're going to start off small. But, but yeah. the spiders yeah. are taking on cane toads. The width across the eyes of the cane toad is a little bit less than the span of the spider's leg. So that's a small spider in real body size that's taking on a bloody big... Uh, wow, big cane absolutely. So, so. Goodness me, that's horrifying. Right. Uh, so venomous. Venomous, so yes. So some spiders are venomous and some spiders aren't. Is it, is it like only small spiders are venomous or large spiders? Are, no, or it's it not a matter of size? size. I mean, the, some of these big tarantulas that are in the room now, mm. they're, they're potentially fatal to dogs and cats. 30 minutes to an hour and they're dead. Whereas us, they bite us and it has no effect at all. We go to the funnel web, which is a smaller spider, right? and they're highly dangerous to us. Mm. Torso bite to us would kill us in about 15 minutes, has killed in about 15 minutes. Goodness me. A bite to a dog or a cat is totally ineffectual. When we became primates, we, yeah. we lost some ability to process that venom. Yes. Pure accident, nothing to do with anything. that mm. we, weren't, we weren't here when the venom was evolved. So its size is not the thing. Probably the most dangerous ones around are the redbacks because they have an incredibly powerful bite for the size of the spider. Right. Redbacks, redbacks are quite common, especially in Queensland, where we are. They're quite a common spider. They are, and far more bites occur than we really understand yes. or hear about. Yeah, I knew they were venomous, but I didn't realise they were dangerous, dangerous. I thought they were just a small spider. Sure, sure. So and they're really die... dangerous to their partners. I mean, this is Game of Thrones kind of stuff. This. You know, <laughs> in the process okay. of mating, she kills, she actually chews into the male once. He goes away and cleans himself up, comes back and mates a second time, during which she chews again and kills him, and in most cases actually eats him. So, you know. <laughs> That's the result of the red back wedding. <laughs> Very good. Whoa, so so he's like, we're mating. Oh, she bit me. Oh, she probably didn't mean it. Oh, absolutely, she did. It's a programmed system. So what happens with the with the, the the New Zealand redback and the Australian ones are very close. So when mm. they take a an Australian male, put it with the New Zealand female, yes. he flips over and she ignores him. Right. She ignores his, his 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 body is sitting right on top of her fangs and she yes. ignores it. Whereas the female Australian redback expects that to happen and she's ready and she opens her fangs up and she doesn't actually kill him the first time because yes. she knows she's got to have a second mating with him. Right. He goes himself, cleans himself up, narrows his body down, facilitates the death, comes back, 
She kills him and, as I said, most of the time eats him and therefore he is both producing sperm and food for food. the young. It's oh, kind of like... see, that's the reason. OK, well, yes. It's we think. Jermaine Green might have another one. It's kind of like the dish of the day in Hitchhiker's Guide <laughs> to the Galaxy who is bred yes. to want to be eaten. Absolutely. That's but, yeah. the way. but for yeah. sex. Yes, yes. So you... So it's, it's, as you said, it's, it's, to, it's to facilitate that... It, yes, I'm passing on my genetics. I've obviously been proven worthy enough to pass on my genetics by the female and therefore now I don't need to be around because she'll produce many young, I assume. Many, many young. That's amazing. The family that belongs, the Redback belongs to, is just a crazy family. I mean, some of the things that they recognise with the males is that they have two mating structures. They're not not direct transfer organs, they're Mm. indirect transfer organs. But in some cases, the male actually has to web one of the palps down, the the mating structures, and turn around it until it snaps off. Because he can't mate with two palps, he can only mate with one. She won't accept him with two. So, you know, there's deviant behaviours with these animals. Okay, okay, now now we're getting to the deviant behaviour. Now we're getting to the juicy stuff. Here we go. Can you use a different phrase to describe what stuff we've gotten to? (laughs) So spider loving is quite a weird thing, obviously, then. Different species are quite strange. Yes, they are absolutely bizarre. I mean, we have got one there where the male, adult male, sits on the back of the sub-adult female. Right. What's he doing? Yes. He's first in. Once she's shed her skin and she's become an adult, oh. she's ro- he's right there. He's, he's oh, so he's waiting. He's like, hey, how are you yep. doing? He's sitting on. He's much smaller than she is. Yes. Sitting on her back, waiting, waiting for her to molt, waiting yeah. to become an adult. Yeah. Oh, that's creepy. In, wow, that's really awful. <laughs> if you put it in <laughs> there are parallels in the human world. If you put it to a human, well, that's right. Yeah, that's right. It would be awful. It'd be terrifying. Okay, so these are all different reproductive strategies to try and pass on their their genetics to the next generation. What's the weirdest one you've seen? I think the redback one is probably top of the top That's of the, the pick. Yeah, I mean there are, there are other ones, but one of the things that we've seen with some of these trapdoor spiders is that when the male and same with the funnel web, when the male goes into mate, what he has to do is he has to get the female into an aggressive position. Does this sound unusual? <laughs> and, and so the female goes into this attack position, and the male has to put these specially hook special hooks and spurs up into the air above him to lock her fangs in a safe position while he mates. So he's in the most precarious situation. If there's anything (laughs) genetically wrong with his hooks and spurs, then she will drive her fangs through his head, kill and eat him. So it's an entirely precarious situation. So, so. he has to irritate her enough to make her attack. He has to get her up into the attack position. I, I really That's want to make a amazing. parallel with human behaviour, but I feel like I'm suddenly trading on very dangerous, very dangerous territory. Dangerous let's 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 not go there. I think, I think just, that would be a safe decision to just, make. Otherwise, you might get fangs driven through your head <laughs> yeah, by, the, by the frog princess. <laughs> she, may, she may hear this, and your hooks and spurs will not be up to the task. <laughs> She'll snap off my one remaining <laughs> help. <laughs> <laughs> Be very, very, very careful. Okay, so they're, they're, they're deviants then. It's bizarre behaviour. They'd say the same thing about you, they, Greg. That's when they'd be right. So uh, <laughs> that's, pretty, that's really, really awful. So, <laughs> so what do you do if you've got, say, a redback around the house, uh, you personally don't like spiders yep. but respect them and such... What do you do? Do you like rescue it or keep it for your office or smash it with a newspaper? Well, at or? the moment, I'm I'm very <laughs> desperate for redbacks. We we keep on running out of them. We've got a, a little listeners. Do not send us redbacks, <laughs> listeners. Please do not send redbacks to Dan at smartenough.org. Very hard to send a redback through email. No, our listeners no, will try. I don't know. Yes, people will try. <laughs> Back in the old days, we had what we call facsimiles when they they'd put the spider on the on the photocopier and fax it and send you that picture. <laughs> <laughs> kind of surprise. 
Is that a spider butt? That's a spider butt. Someone just... Well, no, I think you twisted it too much as you squashed it. You should have squashed it a little less. No. <laughs> but the, the crazy thing about these palps is that the males and females in the human world are actually doing some quite sexist thing with them when they study them because mm. every palp is a different shape for every species usually. Right. So that in the male world... And what we do when, with the male palp, we, we, we kill the spider. So, sorry, just to interrupt this. Just for the audience who don't know, the palps are the... Like, the, the two... right reproductive organs of the male. Right. And transfer they're... organs. Okay, right. Transfer organs. Okay, right. Yep. Thank you. Yep. So that the male has this reproductive transfer palp, mm-hmm. and what we do is that we cut the reproductive organ off, mm-hmm. we put it into a special device, and we coat it with gold, and then we look at it with about a machine somewhere between 100 and $200,000 microscope. <laughs> with the female genitalia, we chop them off and throw them into an acid and then look them with them with, them, with about a $10,000 microscope. Oh, so. right. <laughs> there we go. We actually talked about this on the podcast quite recently, talking about how, not, not, not necessarily with spiders, but with a lot of insect researchers, it's been shown that researchers seem to focus on male genitalia of insects, not so much on female genitalia of insects. And there's no reason that no one can work out why. There wasn't any reason. So do you, is that the same in the spider world as far as you Very can? Very much, yes. Oh, Usually, okay. I mean, with the tarantula as we're finding that's not the case. But mm. what happens is the males are usually highly modified in various ways. Right. And, for example, the, the idea of a male is that, with the groups that I work on, is that he's got to go out and find a female. Mm. Now, mm. the female lives in a burrow for about 10 or 15 years of her life, and she's staying within about a 30-centimetre burrow the whole time. Right. So just going up and down the burrow, right? Mm. So he's got to go out and find her, and he's got to find her at a time which could be highly precarious. So everything's evolved in him to get there quickly. Mm. Longer legs, right. smaller abdomen, he's mm. really built to go. And so there, <laughs> there are strong modifications in the male and the male reproductive structures are highly modified whereas the, the what they call the lock and key situation, the, mm. the, the male puts his key into her lock, the lock in that situation in the female is very, very simple comparatively. Oh, okay. Almost two-dimensional. Right, okay. Whereas so the male is highly three-dimensional. That's, that's really weird. That's really interesting. So the male evolves all over the place, not because the destination, not because the, the lock is changing, but because the behaviour is changing. That's right. The, cha- the behaviour is changing oh, a lot. Ah. But, you know, I mean, one of our favourite spiders, the Daddy Longlegs, which lives around in the, in the houses and so mm. on, came with us from England. Mm. There are some Daddy Longlegs in which the male reproductive structure is bigger than the whole spider. What? <laughs> That's why they call it daddy. <laughs> what? Really? So, you know, a lot of men get really focused on these spiders. <laughs> I'm so, That's terrifying. This spider's got nine legs. <laughs> Doesn't have nine legs. <laughs> That's really, really weird. Okay. Um, odd. Strange. So spider reproduction. Reduction. Does it like with in some insects they have the, the words which always terrify me? Traumatic insemination. Uh, do, do they do that as well? Do they? No. With oh, the spiders, it's it's reasonably well behaved. But <laughs> the male actually has to usually get the female to recognise that he's not prey. Right. And so that attack position that he gets the female in from the funnel webs and some mm. of these guys there's a the sequel to it is that he does this light drumming with his first legs mm. and that drumming is a p- calming thing with the giant golden orbs mm. like these little guys that are floating around on the microscope here <laughs> on the <laughs> microphone the, the the giant golden orbs the little male is tiny mm. and runs over her and puts a like a nuptial veil over her in, in, in the water spiders the yes. male gets a fly wraps it up and presents it to her as a present. Oh, that's And that sweet. appeases her, keeps her focused on yes. that while he's actually going... How hard is it to break out of a nuptial veil? Well, it would be very easy, but I'm right. sure this is a, there's a triggering going on mm. with this kind of thing. These are big spiders. Yeah. These are spiders with the span of my face. 
and the, the male is a thing that would fit on my nail. And Dr. Raven oh. has a decent-sized face. He does, listeners. he does. He's not like a small-faced man. He's quite a large face. Well, you know, he's... he's the, I'll stop thinking. The thought of a spider on my face is enough to freak me out. Oh, just, I, I'm already... <laughs> my back is like, oh, no. And what's really scary? What's not scary? But yeah, Oh, there's a, tr- a trembling going up your back? A vague, a, no, no, a vague no, no, sensation going what's, up your back, Craig? What's weird is, you know, I normally, I normally have questions I'm ready to ask and, and follow on, and every time, I may have noticed, listeners, I keep stopping and Dan has to take over. My brain keeps... Keeps freaking out. <laughs> I keep, I keep going. What was that thing I was about to ask? Because I keep going. Spider, 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 spider. It's like my brain. I can't deal with it. It's really odd. I, I'm not scared. I suppose I am. I am scared, but it's it's very odd, very strange. So spiders communicate also with vibrations. They do to some extent, mm. but that's not what the really exciting thing with, with the vibration is. And we still don't understand what's going on. Mm. And that is that if you have a four-wheel drive diesel idling, mm. it generates a stress effect in the spider. And it, and it works up to 100 metres away, and the, the minimum it generates a stress gradient, so the, oh. the least amount of stress is in the middle of the car between the four wheels, and the highest amount of stress is out there. Oh, my so, goodness. You know, so, so you're attracting you, spiders You sit there with the car idling. <laughs> you stand there long enough, and spiders are going to run up your legs, going to run up something nearest vertical thing around. Right? <laughs> so people don't believe this is going to happen, but, you know, we get over and over. And, and this is one of the reasons why they got into your car. Yes. Because the right. car was idling, and it was probably a little bit rough. Yes, it was it an old attract, car. attracting things into it. So, oh, my and goodness. And we actually use it as a, as a method of bringing spiders in that no, normally... We don't normally see these spiders in the day, but when you sit oh. with a four-wheel drive idling, you can see a spider coming at you 20 metres away across the leaf litter. You think, this is fantastic stuff. Get the beer out. I'm sitting here and waiting for these guys to come. So I'm going to call four-wheel drive spider lures from this point <laughs> so on. So you can they just are. sit there with a four-wheel drive idling and spiders will come to it's you. It's got to be a diesel. It's got to be a that diesel. big thumping engine, and the older the diesel, the better. I see. So it's it's just like the worms from Dune, really. It's exactly the worms in Dune. <laughs> yep. We don't understand why it comes like that, but we know that what happens is that to escape the vibration, they actually climb things. Hello, your legs, your arms yes. and whatever. We had one lady flown off Fraser Island because she was standing beside a water pump. A freestanding oh, water pump that uh. was thumping away and it ran up a leg and bit her. But the spider would not normally bite. Mm. Okay, yes. So these spiders are very, very disturbed mm. by the vibration. So they don't like it. So, they, so they're coming to that point because that's the, that's the quietest point under the car. A, a quieter point. A quieter point. They're certainly homing on the, the quadrad point, right. centre point where it's all quietened down. So not, and all wow. sorts of things They're not are nipping coming. over there to bite it and kill it. They're like, right, I'm going to go sort that no, thing out. No, but I mean, they, as I said, some of them are so crazy when, they get, when you get them, they're yeah. standing there and they're actually biting the air. And these spiders right. don't do that. I mean, these spiders don't move in the daylight. And here they are running at the cars and being very highly aggressive and behaviour highly modified. Uh, Not a natural uh, effect. I've never wanted to own a four-wheel drive. Now I really, really, <laughs> really don't want to own a four-wheel drive. So this is going to be in cities too. All these people out there were looking out across the Brisbane River at the at the highway, and there's all these. I can see SUVs going now. Every one of them when they when they park at night, attracting spiders to their car. Exactly. When they're idling, that's what happened. So mum gets in the car, she's got the kids in the car, remembers that she's forgotten something in the house, leaves the car idling, goes back inside the house and gets it, comes back. In that time, spiders have run onto the car. What do they do when they get on the car? 
Well, once the wind starts up, they want to get out of the wind and get into the body of the car, and then we're away. <laughs> You've got your formula. That's fantastic. I am horrified How and How close excited. are you to a spider? Uh, uh, Closer than you think sometimes. Well, 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 well the thing is, I think I'm a metre and ten centimetres, because I can see <laughs> them. There's now three. three. But I know that there must be some closer. <laughs> I'm not even going to look behind me. <laughs> this has been the most marvellous interview we've done in a long time. <laughs> if you could say one, because this is all being scaring people and worrying people, if you could say one calming thing about spiders and a good thing about spiders, what would you try and tell people? Most of the spiders that we see and hear about, the 44,000 or whatever, are too small to bite. There we go. They can't break the skin and most of them are quite harmless. So even to have some of these quite dangerous spiders on you, you have to do something really bad to them to get them to bite you. So, so your, your upbeat message is not all of them will kill you. <laughs> but, I mean, the closing, the other point is that, you know, there's a, a fantastic phenomenon when there's a flooding situation occurs. Mm. All the spiders climb up to stalks. They send out all sorts of webs and there's a layer of silk above it. Mm. Mm. And then all of a sudden the silk disappears and everybody says, thank God, the spiders have disappeared. No, your problems have just begun because the spiders in that area were capturing all of the flying insects right. and they've just abandoned ship because there's so much water around so that the one thing that's going to get a big head up is the flying insects in the area. So spiders yeah. are good at taking those things out. Oh, there you go. Hey. And the other thing that you talked about was the venom. Spider mm. venom is absolutely fantastic. Every species has a different venom, mm -hmm. and the venoms are absolutely fascinating for trying to look at potential uses. One of the things that they're looking at now is that some of the spider venoms actually bind to and immobilise breast cancers. So wow. just that action, not stopping it, but mm. binding to and immobilising it is the kind of thing that... That, you know, that they're using Holy venom for. So they're, they're chemical factories building all these amazing things. And they've got venom at the front, so they've got spinnerets in the butt, making, like, spider silk is I mean, notoriously known for being what, stronger than steel per, per weight. Fantastic stuff. So yeah. like ten times stronger than steel or something like that. So I've seen in a lot of engineering firms they're trying to work out how to create artificial spider silk and scale it up. That's right. It's a really it's an interesting process, and spider silk comes out as a liquid. Right. When under tension, it turns into a thread oh. of the most amazing kind. But mm. the bizarre thing that we've heard about in the last few years is when a spider finishes its web building at night, early in the morning it pulls the web down. Some of these guys pull their web down, and at that time they eat the web. <gasps> they get the right. pollen that's stuck on the web, and they also get the little insects that they were too small to bother with. But one of the things <laughs> that I didn't realise, and I'm still finding hard to believe, is the spiders have got a shunt in their stomach, and they filter out those big silk molecules, and they recycle the silk within wow. 20 minutes of eating it. Holy 20 minutes? So, How? So 20 minutes? 20 minutes they've radio-tracked the silk through. So, I suppose that's something. I the amount of energy to make that silk would be unbelievable, like, as in their metabolism. Right. So yep. they might as well yep. try and yep. save it all. Yep. That's incredible. That's just... Oh, why don't they rule the world? That's what I have to say. That's a horrible thing. Oh, give it? them time. <laughs> They've had hundreds of millions of years, Dan. Metres away. Metres. <laughs> <laughs> and with that reassuring <laughs> message from Dr. Raven, thank you very much for talking to us today. You're most welcome. About spiders. And now I'm going to try and sneak out of the room without upsetting the 60 hand-sized spiders which are hungry to eat. We'll just stomp carefully and methodically out of the room <laughs> and uh, you shouldn't attract them. <laughs> Thank you very much, Dr. Rob Raven. <laughs> One of the most 
eclectic interviewees oh, that we have had. It was fantastic. We recorded that a bit over a week ago, and I happened to, totally by chance, be going out west for my job. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I went out to Longreach, where I had to hire a car. And the only car they had was Diesel. a four-wheel drive yeah. diesel. And I refused to put it in idle at any point. Anyway, I was like, um, I'm driving to a small school that's outside mm-hmm. of Longreach. I'm a long way from civilization. The car goes off. Yeah. I'm not. Oh, look, I'm, look, a stoplight. Click, click. Uh, yeah, it really is just like there. And he said, "There's always a spider within so many meters of you, and it's coming at you. It's angry. I'm like, hey, I'm looking for the spider. Looking for the spider. It's gonna be big and it's gonna be angry. So yes, it was. Um, it was. It put the willies up me big time. Big, 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 big time. Uh, Excellent. Oh, bah, bah, bah. All right, we have such wonderful listeners. Some of them write in all the time, or tweet at us, or promote us. Indeed, people promoting some something. One listener has gone a little bit above and beyond, Ooh. and they have given us something. Ooh. There's a listener called Colin. Co- you, mean, you mean the moon? Not the moon. Oh, the moon hasn't given us something. Oh. No. Oh, he's Colin. opening something. List- listeners, he's, he's opening a packet. Yeah. Dan is opening a packet. It may be okay. drugs. Is it drugs? It's not drugs. Is, is it's it something blow? more exciting. Could you describe to the audience what it is that uh, you are looking at in that little pa- packet? It is... It's a night spatula. Describe in a little bit more detail. It's a piece of plastic that has been carved out, and it's got a. It's only small, but size of my by size of my thumb, and it's got a spatula on one end, and it's got a horsey from chess on the other end. Yeah, it's a night spatula. You got one too. There are three of them. There are three of them. They were, they, he he modelled them in a computer program and then sent away to have them printed on a three D printer. Oh my goodness! So these are three D printed night spatulas. We have night spatulas now, so we can do this. We can actually send people night yep. spatulas. We'll have to get a little pin thing to glue on the back so that they can wear it as yes. like a, a crest. That's brilliant. I know. I, I am. Oh my goodness! So now, as the king slash queen of the night spatula, as the king and queen of the most excellent order of smart enough, no better. Oh yes, we now can. So who did this? Who did this amazing thing? This was a listener called Colin Morris. Thank you, Colin Morris. You're named after the moon, and you've made a night spatula and that- a particular form of dancing. But uh, yes, Colin that what? involves co- colonoscopies. Oh, you know, it's really sad though. He doesn't get to actually be a knight spatula because he didn't save anyone's life. We can't make him an honorary member of the knight spatula, even though he's made the knight spatula. Yeah, no, he'd so, have to have saved someone's, someone's life, life yes. using science. Using science, and and we're really like we're really quite strict on it. So we could maybe, maybe we could say that he he's the um, Hephaestus. You know, oh god, I just used a I just used a Greek god name. I was going to get really angry at me about. Uh, but, but, oh yeah, look, you know what? He could I be should... the blacksmith of the Knight Spatula, but yeah, he can't be a black knight of himself. But we wouldn't be a blacksmith, would it? Well, he'd, it be, would a, be, a, he'd be a, 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 a computer, pr- a, some sort of smith, a print, a print smith, print smith, a print, a three D smith. Oh, he's just—he's just one of the plebs. <laughs> you know? Do you think that the, the kings and queens actually go? Oh gosh, the, this person no, made a nice. No, 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 no. You get—you get a little plaque if you—if you're like the person who makes the king in England anyway, the king or queen's shoes. You get a little plaque, but you know, on service to the king or queen. You do. You get a little plaque. Great. So, 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 so else, now, uh, Colin, if you could print out a little plaque no, 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 to award else, yourself. Can someone please print out a lovely plaque <sighs> for Colin, and then we'll hand it to Colin. That'd be really good. Thank you. So just, no, Dan's looking at me. I just asked someone else to do it, not us. 
You have been listening to Dan at smartenough.org. I used to want to do the job myself. And Greg at smartenough.org. You can follow us on Twitter, SE2KB. And Facebook at facebook.com slash SE2KB. Or you could go to iTunes and rate us. Rate us, 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 just want to remind everyone that when Dan's away gallivanting around the world, yep. I will be interviewing Dr. Askov, a virologist, the virologist who has conquered, well, was part of the team, the head of the team who conquered dengue fever. Have they conquered it yet? Oh, we, I haven't we, heard. We haven't heard. We're not too sure. But you it might not work. You are full of his magical juice. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, pardon? That's what you are. Science juice. Right. Science juice. And I will be talking to him on the 7th of August at Kenmore Library. Hey, will that go up on our website? We will. Yes, Great. We'll, we'll, <laughs> God. Oh, that's brilliant. Then, we, then we've got a, uh, another interview that I don't even have to worry about. That's right. We'll, that's we'll, brilliant. We'll get that one. And uh, But you cannot... It's at Kenmore Library on August the 7th. Please come along, which is in Brisbane, Australia, for people who don't know where that is. And it's free. It's totally free. But you must book. It's very yeah, important yeah. to book. Very important to book. Well, I've already booked six seats. I'm not even turning up. <laughs> don't, don't say that. Uh, people. By book. the way, it's sold out. That's it. <laughs> It's not sold out. <laughs> it's it's not. not sold out. We need to have many people. Uh, Unless so- you're listening to this in the future, which, of course, everyone is. Well, yes, yeah, it well, may yeah. or may not be sold out but at this give point. It a go. To find out, you must call in Brisbane, 34070258. That will be Kenmore Library, and they will connect you. Or just go to the links in this podcast and click on it. Come along. As I said last time, I want to see a banner. I want to see, we love SC2KB, and I hate Dan. That's what I want to see. I love Greg, and I hate Dan. Don't you switch those around. I will be there, and I am a vicious man. Yeah. I have a long memory, and I have a short temper. Make our interviewee feel like he's in safe hands. That's right. <laughs> well, remember, he's a ma- he was a major in the army. He's, he's going to break me. He's going to hurt me so bad. Oh, I'm scared, Dan. You should... swap. Why don't you go... No, on? he's very gentle. Look at these little holes in my arm. Oh, see? Can't see anything. <laughs> He'll hear that. So come along, come along the 7th of August and listen to a wonderful interview about virology. Now, I, as you said, I'm going to be gone. Yay! Oh, for like five weeks. That's three... That's three episodes. It's like one dog week. No, no, it's it's like 35 dog weeks. Oh, right. Oh, see, it's the other way around. Yeah. You're going away for 35 dog weeks. Yeah, yeah. What the heck is going to happen to the podcast? The it, dog podcast. It'll age. <laughs> okay, so that's three podcasts yes. that I won't be here for. We're not, we're not doing. But we're not doing them. Not doing them. But, but. they are still going to get done. There, we've got some stuff planned. We have stuff planned. There's, there's going to be an episode with a special interview. Yay! It has nothing to do with science. Well, we, a little we, bit to do with we try. Oh, no, yeah, a little bit to do yeah, with science. It does, yes. A little bit to do with comedy and a lot to do with ignorance. Exactly. And... Which, we, were, we were interviewed, which is exciting. Yeah. So we're, so we're going to share that with you. Sizzle, sizzle, sizzle. So we were interviewed by someone else, and we will, we've will been allowed to show that, listen to that. Anyway. Excellent. And also, we're going we're gonna to try to put it together a best of. Best based of! Based on your suggestions. Woo! Yeah, so there's two instead of three. So Fantastic. unfortunately, you guys are just going to have to get by without us. That's right. Just for a little bit. If you tweet me, I'll tweet back. How's that sound? But we'll be back on in the first Sunday of September. We certainly will be with sexy interviews galore. And episode 74. 74. So the other ones will be 70, 72.5s and 73s and all sorts of things. Yeah, we'll sort it out. You you'll you'll, you'll be, find out. You'll make it. It'll, make it'll sense. be mathematically adventurous. <laughs> now, before we go... 
Mm-hmm. The World Cup is on the move. It's still going. The month of football or soccer, wherever you're from. Football. Or fo- or fo- football. Football. I think football. it's... Like, I don't understand that one. But there you go. Uh, different names, the same thing. And Dan, as I, Dan and I have been around... The podcast has been around for four years. Four years. We're in our fifth year now. And so we actually were doing this when the last World Series was happened. And I went back and checked through the archive, which was just amazingly horrible. No, it was just amazing. <laughs> and I discovered a sketch. We write sketches and never look at them again. We have no yeah. idea. And I found a sketch. And it, we found a sketch which actually made me laugh. And it was about the World Series. So here it is again. And as we always like to say... Go! I'm almost positive you did that joke four years ago today. I hope so. And what's the penalty for a phone going off? Uh, You have to have a conversation on your phone in front of us. Maybe I'll write the plan. Maybe, maybe. And then I'll show it to her. And then she'll have to fix the plan. Yeah, five weeks. Not all of it's going to be looking at bluffs and puffins. <laughs> bluffs and puffins. The Daniel Beeston travel story. Where the hell is that? Oh. Sorry, there was a number. Jesus, what's wrong with my fingers? Oh, uh, yeah. I haven't even started drinking yet. <laughs>